the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All scriptures inspired by God. This is a critical verse to understand. I'm convinced that most Christians don't understand it. I'm convinced. So let's examine it. This is a crucial verse. This is the bedrock and the clearest verse in the Bible concerning the inspiration of Scripture. Protestantism is founded upon three basic principles. One of them is called sola scriptura, which means that the Bible, in its original manuscripts, is completely without error and contains everything we need for salvation and Christian living. We get that concept largely from 2 Timothy 3.16. Yet many who call themselves Christian and Protestant do not believe that that is true. They look to other sources for divine knowledge and, as a result, make themselves vulnerable to all sorts of dangerous doctrines. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Our current study is from 2 Timothy, chapter 3, about surviving in difficult times. Pastor Steve has been sharing with us the survival kit that God graciously provides for us in this chapter. The two components are godly mentors and God's infallible word. There are a lot of helpful books for us as Christ followers, but we should remember that those books either agree with the Bible and are therefore useful, or they conflict with the Bible and will lead us astray. The Bible is the linchpin of our faith, and everything hangs on its reliability and sufficiency. But before we get into the importance of Scripture, here's Pastor Steve to continue his discussion of the importance of godly Christian leaders. The first reason that you and I should continue in the truth is the trustworthy character of those who have taught us. The trustworthy character of those who have taught us. That is to say that the teaching is guaranteed by the life of the teacher. That's very important. Who taught you? Do you trust them? Would they mislead you? Who taught Timothy? Well, I'm sure we could say many of his teachers. And by the way, we have to say in verse 14, it's plural, the... Um, the pronoun there, whom, is in the plural. Sometimes in some manuscripts it says who, and so some translate this uh, to mean and interpret it to mean singular, like one person taught him. But the oldest manuscripts uh, say whom. So I take it that he's referring to plural, a plurality of teachers. Who taught Timothy? Probably a lot of people, but the, the three prominent people who taught him, well, let's look at it rather than me telling you. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm sure that it's in you as well. Back to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Timothy's first teachers, and I might say most... Uh, uh, prominent teachers was grandmother, godly woman, and the godly mother, Eunice, that the Lord gave him. These, these were his first instructors. But it didn't stop there. The Apostle Paul became his instructor, right? 
Chapter 1, verse 13 of this epistle, Paul writes, Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me. Chapter 3, verse 10, But you followed my teaching. So Paul came along later in Timothy's life, and he picked up where Lois and Eunice left off. The excellent character of a teacher means everything. Who taught you means everything. Their consistent, godly lifestyle is what helps a student to continue in the faith. Do you know why? Because if you look around at the false teachers and you see their self-centered living, why would you believe what they have to teach? You see the end product. The godliness of those who taught you verifies that what they taught you works in their lives. It's tr- it produces godliness. It makes them more like Christ. Why would you follow a false teacher if, if you go back to verse 2 and Paul says, for men will be lovers of self. And then he lists a whole lot a whole lot of the um, characteristics that show up in a person who loves self. Why would you follow a, a cultic leader, a leader of a false religious system, when you just have to look at his lifestyle or her lifestyle and see that they couldn't possibly be teaching the truth that this is what it produces? You look at the godliness of those who have taught you. That means you've got to make sure that your teachers are godly. You've got to make sure that those you listen to are godly. Very important. That's what keeps a student Continuing in the faith. And I might say this, if you're a teacher of God's word, it's not just for your own sake that you walk with the Lord, it's for the sake of your students. At any level, whether it's your family, whether it's teaching a Sunday school class, whether you're discipling somebody, at any level, you must be godly if you really want to have an impact on your pupils. They ought to be able to look at you and say, I know what you've taught me is reliable because I know your character and I know you wouldn't mislead me and I see the evidence of godliness in your own life. It must be true. I will continue in this. That's why it's so devastating when a Christian leader uh, has some moral misconduct in his life. Because people have to begin to wonder, those who, who were taught by him or her, I wonder if it's true. I mean, look at look where they ended up. Maybe it can't sustain me. Maybe what he taught me about holy living isn't true because it's not obviously it's not working in his life. You see, that's some of the thinking that we have to go through. And I think where this is particularly significant is in Christian homes. Parents, you have the opportunity to build conviction into your children, not just to teach them, but to build conviction into your children by teaching them the truth and living it before them. I believe that's what gives conviction when a child is, is brought up in a Christian home. His parents teach him the truth and then they don't compromise. If you want to destroy conviction, teach the truth and don't live by it. Teach them that uh, Romans 13 says, obey the law, and then let's see you break the law. You'll never build conviction in that child's life. Never. But if they see and hear you teach the truth, and then they see mom and dad live out the truth, or even mom if she's the only one in the family who knows the Lord, or even dad if he's the only one in the family who knows the Lord, as long as they see a desire to live godly, There ought to be conviction in their life about that. And that's obviously what Timothy's grandmother and mother did. They taught him the truth. They instructed him. And how wonderful that is. Do you know in in an ancient Jewish home, in an ancient Jewish home, when a child was five years of age, it was the parents' responsibility, and they did this, they instructed their children in the word of God. Five years of age. And before that, as soon as the child could talk, they had him memorizing Scripture. The Jews claim this, that their children learned the law even from the swaddling clothes and drank it in with their mother's milk. 
They said that God's law was so imprinted on the heart and mind of a Jewish child that he would sooner forget his own name than he would forget the law. And if I'm not mistaken, when a child first took in the word of God, I I believe that they gave actually a little taste of honey to remind him that the word of God was sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Marvelous truth. Parents, do not depend on Sunday school teachers to teach your child. Do not depend on a Christian school to teach your child. They're only there to reinforce what the child should be getting at home. And I have found that most children coming out of Christian homes don't know the Word of God. They may know Bible stories, but they don't know the Word of God. The ancient Jews understood how to teach and how to build conviction into their children's lives. That's why they raise people who were zealous. They may have not had knowledge, Paul says in Romans chapter 10, but they were zealous. They may have been off, but at least they were dogmatic. At least they had convictions. You see, a child trusts his parents. At first, he'll believe everything. First, a child will believe everything that a parent says. But after a while, he's going to want to examine the parent's life and see if his teaching matches up with his lifestyle. And if he sees that uh, it does, then you usually have conviction. He embraces it, and he won't leave it. And the great illustration of this in the Old Testament is Daniel. Remember, Daniel was transported. We, we've studied about Habakkuk and we're looking at Jeremiah. Well, right after that, when the Babylonians did sweep in to Judah, uh, there were three deportations, but the first deportation involved Daniel. Young Daniel had to be just a teenager, putting his life chronology together. And Daniel was taken from his home in Judah all the way to Babylon. Now, let's say Daniel was 15, 16 years old. Do you realize Today, most 16-year-olds would say, this is the greatest thing that has happened to me. I've gotten away from home. I don't have to answer to mom and dad. I can do whatever I want. Not Daniel, though. Daniel said, I will be different. I will not break the law of God. I don't care if they give me the king's best food. I don't care if they give me the king's best wine. I will not defile the law of God in myself. He purposed in his heart to live a pure life. Now, that comes from, from the ancient Jewish upbringing. That's a teenager. That's a tremendous testimony to what Paul is saying here to Timothy. So the first reason that you should continue in the truths taught to you is because of the character of your teachers. Now, that really doesn't determine whether it is truth or not, just because of the character of your teacher, but it's a strong indication. False teachers have ungodly characteristics. But teachers of truth are godly. I think back to my days at the Moody Bible Institute and the men of God who taught me, and they were humble, godly teachers at Moody. They had little offices, just uh, cement slabs put together. Their libraries, they had sometimes books were on the floor, just little little room. And there I I remember visiting teachers at times and, and asking them questions, and I was impressed with the intensity of their study in there, in that little room. They didn't have to impress anybody. They weren't out to show people how important they were. Just a little cubbyhole. But they met with God, and I was so impressed. I think it's so important when a child goes off to a Christian college, what's the spirit of his teachers? Not just what they teach, but what's the spirit of his teachers? They humble, godly men. And, you know, that just made a great impression on me and made me want to continue in what I've been taught. So why would you want the theology of heretics when you can see the results of their lifestyle? 
what they believe is going to come out in their living. So that's the first reason. The godliness of your teachers. That's why you remain in the truth, because they've proven that it works in their life. The second reason to continue in what you've already learned is found in verse 15. And that from childhood, Timothy, you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. What Timothy had been taught about the Lord Jesus Christ was in harmony with the sacred writings he had known since infancy. The sacred writings, what's that? Well, sacred writings was an expression used by Greek-speaking Jews, not so much Hebrew-speaking Jews, but Greek-speaking Jews to refer to the Old Testament scriptures. The reason that you ought not to depart from what you've learned, he's telling Timothy, is because what you have learned is in harmony and even adds to the word of God. That is the primary reason why you must not move from what you have been taught. Because what you have been taught is based on sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is based on scripture. Remember, Timothy was at that awkward period in time between the Old and New Testaments. Timothy was really caught in a sense in a transition period or, or close to it as the Old Covenant was fading away and the New Covenant was being brought into view. And Timothy has been taught by his mother and by his grandmother as long as he could remember the sacred writings. And when the Apostle Paul came along while he was into his teenage years, Paul gave him the truth about Jesus Christ and he brought the faith that he had in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob a little bit further, and he put that trust in the revealed Son of God, the Savior of all mankind, the Lord Jesus Christ. Timothy, like a typical Jewish child, was five years old when he started reading the Bible. He had memorized passages of Scripture as soon as he could speak. Or you might say this is even more incredible because Acts chapter 16 tells us that his father was a Greek. His father was not Jewish. And so what Eunice did and Lois did, they basically did on their own. Whether his father was living or not, not sure. But they didn't get any encouragement from his father. It appears in Scripture that he was not a believer. He was a non-Jew who was, who was not a believer. And the Bible doesn't indicate that he ever became a believer. That makes it even more impressive. Notice the word in verse 15, and that from childhood, it means a baby doesn't mean a young adult. It is used in the scripture of an unborn child, a newborn child, or an infant. It just means a baby. From a baby, you have known the sacred writings, Timothy. And Paul is saying, you know that what I've taught you is in conformity with the sacred writings. And what's the result of what Timothy knew? Notice it says, as, you, as we look at verse 15, from childhood you've known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Can a person be saved from the Old Testament? Sure, they have to know about Christ. You're going to have to tell them about New Testament truth as well. But what would they learn from the Old Testament? Don't be afraid of using the Old Testament. What did Timothy learn? Well, I, he, he obviously had to learn that God loves him. God's love for Israel. He had to learn that God is holy. That's not too difficult to pick up from the Old Testament. God judges sin. He had to learn he's a sinner. He had to learn the need for a sin substitute. He had to learn about the whole sacrificial system. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. He learned about the coming Messiah. All of these things. And when Paul came along and said, listen, Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies concerning Messiah, Timothy's heart was ready because what he heard from Paul 
was in harmony with what he'd been taught by his mother and grandmother based on the sacred scriptures. But notice he says at the end of verse 15, you, you don't get saved simply because you believe the Bible. There are many people who don't know Christ who believe the Bible. Salvation is through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. When I first came to know the Lord, I wasn't sure if the Bible was God's word or not. That's not the issue at all. It's a good thing to believe that, but I wasn't sure, honestly. But I did know that I needed Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I did believe that part of the Bible. I should have believed it all, but I didn't know at that point. So I want you to understand that faith in Christ Jesus is what saves a person. It's not faith in faith. It's not that I just believe. It's that I believe in the person of Christ Jesus. It's he who saves us, not even our faith. And there's a distinction. Faith is the instrument through which we are saved by Jesus Christ and his grace. And I can relate to what Paul is saying to Timothy, maybe more so than, than some of you. Because when I was first saved, I struggled with New Testament truth. I had a lot of struggles, theological doubts about the New Testament because it was so foreign to my Jewish background. And I heard things that I never heard before. And yet, you know why I continued? You know, from a human perspective, why I continued? Because I could see as I examined the New Testament that it was consistent with the Old Testament. And because it was consistent with the Old Testament Hebrew scriptures, I continued in it. And that is biblical. Paul, Paul keeps saying in Acts chapter 26, he says to King Agrippa, he says, I have not taught anything contrary to the Old Testament scriptures. In Romans chapter 1, he says what I'm teaching is simply in harmony, is, is an outgrowth of the Old Testament Hebrew scriptures. And that's really what he's telling Timothy. Why should Timothy continue in the truths that he had been taught? Number one, because of the trustworthiness of his teachers. Their godly example proved the, proves the validity of their teaching. And secondly, because it was based on the Old Testament scriptures. And Timothy had no problem with that. He had no problem with that. You know why? Because he understood what the Old Testament scriptures really were. Look at verse 16. Why could Paul say, Timothy, it, it's really in harmony with the Old Testament scriptures? You say, well, why would that have an impact on him? Because Timothy, unlike so many others today, understood what the Old Testament scriptures really were. Verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God. Let's stop there. All scripture is inspired by God. This is a critical verse to understand. I'm convinced that most Christians don't understand it. I'm convinced. So let's examine it. This is a crucial verse. This is the bedrock and the clearest verse in the Bible concerning the inspiration of Scripture. First of all, it says that all Scripture is inspired. What does Paul mean by all Scripture? All Scripture. Well, certainly this refers to the Old Testament. No one would question that. And yet, let me take it a step further. It means anything that is scripture is inspired. Anything. And when Paul wrote his, this letter, not all, but most of the scriptures, the New Testament scriptures, have been written. So even though all the New Testament was, was not written at this time, what was written was inspired. And I think we have to take it a step further. Paul knew that his letters were on the level of the Old Testament. Do you realize that? Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul knew that what he was writing was scripture. Paul knew that what he was writing was on par with the Old Testament authoritatively. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. 
Paul writes, for this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you receive from us the word of God's message, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. Paul said, listen, what we taught you is the word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, and there are many verses, I'm just pulling out a few. In fact, there are whole books that deal with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. That speaks of the, the very words being inspired. Paul was conscious of the fact that when he was writing these letters, he was writing under the influence of the Spirit of God, and what was coming out was indeed the very words of God. And you know what? Peter, Peter regarded Paul's writing as Scripture. Let's look at Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3 Verse 15, let's look at that. Regard the patience of our Lord to be salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you. So Paul wrote about the Lord and salvation and so forth. But look at verse 16. As also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand. Paul wrote some things that are hard to understand, and we appreciate that which the untaught and unstable distort as they do the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. Peter is saying Paul's writing is on par with the rest of scripture. From a Jewish standpoint, scripture always meant the holy word of God. But I want to show you something fascinating. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 18. Paul writes this, For the scripture says, He's speaking about elders and how they ought to be honored. And he says, for the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Interesting. Paul said the scripture says this. Paul is quoting scripture. Now he has two things that he's quoting. He's quoting this phrase, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. Where is that from? That's from the book of Deuteronomy. That's Old Testament scripture. However, if you look at the end of verse 18, he is still saying the scripture says, The laborer is worthy of his wages. You won't find that in the Old Testament. You know why? Because that is a direct quote from Luke chapter 10, verse 7. He called both scripture. So Paul recognized that Luke, what Luke wrote, was scripture. I think that's marvelous. And there are many other things we can we can speak of on on this level. But that just helps you to understand that when Paul said all scripture is inspired by God, he is not simply referring to the Old Testament, though that is the brunt of it. Whatever is scripture is inspired by God. And there were many scriptures, his writings and uh, and Luke's writings and other writings that were recognized as scripture because they were indeed inspired by God. So all, it says all scripture. Now what does that mean? It means from cover to cover. Everything that's scripture. It could, it could be translated in the Greek language, every scripture. If it was that case, then it meant every individual part of scripture. If it said, if we translated all scripture, it means all as a whole. It really doesn't matter. It, it, it simply means all of it. Whether you take every part of it or all of it, the whole of it. Because if you take the whole of it, then every part of it is inspired. Many supposed errors have been pointed out concerning the Bible, but further research always supports the Scriptures. And what I find especially wonderful is the way Scripture supports itself. All the various books, written by the hands of all sorts of men over the centuries, fit together in a way that is just miraculous. Thanks for tuning in. 
You've been listening to Verse by Verse with the expository Bible teaching of Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. For more about Lakeside, go online to lakesidechapel.com or call the church at 727-441-1714. That number again is 727-441-1714. Or visit www.lakesidechapel.com. Verse by Verse is a listener-supported ministry of Lakeside. To learn more, go to versebyverseradio.org. Feel free to stream or download any of the hundreds of previous broadcasts stored in our message archives. Or go to the giving page to see how you can securely and easily give online to help fund these daily radio Bible classes. That's versebyverseradio.org. 2 Timothy 3.16. What an important verse. Let me just repeat it. All Scripture is inspired by God, literally God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. I'm Jerry Peterson, and I hope you can be with us for the next Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff will continue this study of surviving in difficult times. Among other things, we'll look into what is meant by that phrase so often translated as inspired. It's an amazing concept, not easy to wrap our brains around, that men wrote scripture in their own styles and vocabularies, yet what they wrote was breathed out by God. But why did God provide Scripture? We'll have more than academics. We'll also have application. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.